Hey all you cool cats and kittens, welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of Dad Drinking. Welcome right, cool. to a very special quarantine episode of Dad Drinking. I am Marcos. I'm Jim, and we've been dad since 09. Long freaking time. Oh, well. <laughs> How you been, oh, Jim? I've been okay. I've been okay. Just for everyone listening, it is March 29th, and the reason we're actually admitting the date today is because we're kind of in the middle of the COVID-19 quarantine and outbreak in the United States. And uh, we thought we'd have a dad quarantine episode to, to go along. Hey, Josh. Hey. Uh, we'd have a dad dad quarantine episode. Um, and the uh, you know it's been a crazy couple of weeks since our last episode came out. Um, and usually we make excuses for the circumstances for not putting out new new issues or new episodes. It's usually because we're lazy. Uh, but this is because we've been quarantined. We've actually not been able to see each other or hang out. Yeah. And one of us... Gave up drinking for Lent. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> Guilty. Terrible decision. Yeah, well, so, so, I gave, so it started on, on uh, February 26th, and I thought, ah, you know, people do dry January. I'll give it a shot. You know, it's not like I have a drinking-based podcast to record. <laughs> and uh, so I tried to do it, and then then I guess March 13th we went on quarantine. But before that, you know, it was, it was fine. It was a couple weeks. But this, as I was telling Marcos on social media – yeah. Like everyone's sharing pictures oh, yeah. and images of of drinks and food, and it's driving me insane. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I, I think that Instagram makes people drink more, for sure. <laughs> or or eat more, too, or both. I, you know. Um, but, uh, so, I guess let's, let's bring, uh, let's bring our guest into the conversation. We'll, we'll do sure. it. We're going to wait a little bit, but we actually have a very special guest with us tonight. Um, Josh Kim is uh, joining us remotely from Spot Burgers. What's up, Josh? Fellas. Hey, I'm nice. <laughs> so we're doing this by Skype for the first time, and uh, we all have our cameras on. And uh, Josh and Marcos are, are drinking while we're doing this just to keep the vibe going how we normally have it. And oh, yeah. I've been drinking for about two hours now. So this is my <laughs> first day all 16 days. So it's like... Wow, that's crazy! Cheers. So, so you you uh, you run Spot Burgers, which is the top burger place in Philly by uh, by a mile, according to a lot of people. Also, I think Marcos also claimed you the best cheesesteak. Best cheesesteak uh, in Philly. Yeah. Wow, man, that's that's humbling. You, you don't even know. You don't even uh, know. If you see, uh, if you follow Marcos at Fidel Gastro on Instagram or Twitter, you'll often see reference to Spot. Josh is the guy behind Spot Burgers. <laughs> Um, and you know, we've been talking about giving up stuff for Lent and quarantine and sacrifice, but Josh has really taken a, a very aggressive approach to the quarantine and the community. And, uh, Marcus, why don't you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, absolutely. So well. if you follow spot burgers on social media, that's at spot burgers. Um, you'll see that Josh, uh, rather than just closing up shop, Josh is basically feeding kids, first responders, industry people, basically anyone who's hungry or could use a hot meal. He's been doing this since uh, since this whole mess started, which is pretty fucking awesome, <laughs> I gotta say. I gotta say. Josh, how's it been on the front lines? Well, it's been good. So, you know, you know let's backpedal a little bit. So, everybody that's known me since the food truck days knows that, you know, my philosophy to Spot Burger um, um, it, it's not really for, for, for any, it's not monetary. So, so my philosophy to spot burger always has been, you know, making friends one juicy burger at a time. And, right and I really, I really mean that. So when we, when we start off at, even at, at the food truck level, um, I was always forward thinking in, into knowing that I know what it's like to be without 
neighbors or friends or resources, right? Yeah. With that said, you know, my philosophy has always been um, being charitable or taking care of my my fellow brother, right? Um, So when when we opened up Spot Burger, it was a time where, you know, my fan, you know, as far as my career went, it was, it was okay. I was comfortable, but I wanted more. So that's where it really started, this philosophy of just giving back to the community. Because at the end of the day, when you take a couple steps back beyond your family, your neighborhood, your neighbors, your community is where it's at, man. Yeah, without a doubt. Where it's at. Like the love, the vibe, the partying, the rage, the sadness, the that's where it's at. Yeah. So if you're not a part of that, Okay, you're missing out. You're missing out. And if you don't have that, well, then stand up and make it happen because a community can be anywhere. It could be where you live, where you work, where you go to uh, school, where you um, uh, work out. That community where you're at, that micro community, right, is is important. That's the glue to society, right? We all have our families above them. I'm not. I'm not discounting families. That's first and foremost. That's beyond. Yeah. What I'm saying is, the um, community level. Your neighbor. Without neighbors, this is a lonely fucking planet. It's lonely. Yeah, I so think we're living that now too. We started. So, yeah. in this strife of of this corona, you know, virus, fucking nonsense. You know, I, I've come to a resolve to where, look. I'm a grinder. I'm Philly made. I will win. I don't care if this is going to be my last restaurant. Let it be. Yeah. But Josh Kim's a survivor, motherfucker. <laughs> I will rise. <laughs> and my neighborhood knows that, man. That's they great. do. I might even, I'm even, you know, look, let's just say it all goes to shit. And the restaurant, you know, in my predicament doesn't work out. And I'm left out to trying to figure out how to make a living, right? Yeah. I'm a grinder. I'll get yeah. back in that fucking iron box food truck, four by eight, and grind it out and do it all over again. Why? Because that's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do, man. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So so let's – I guess let's talk about um, – a little bit about the history of Spot Burgers, kind of where – how it started – um, you know, sounds like your your mission statement really is this this whole community, which I think is awesome. And I, you know, I've always felt the love from Jump. I mean, I remember going to the the cart on Drexel, um, getting a burger when you first started, and, and it's it's always been good. It's always been friendly, always been fun. So, what were you doing before you started this food cart? Wow, yeah, so. Before that, I, w- I had my own um, merchant service gig. So, you know, I was fortunate to have, you know, <laughs> I was fortunate to be Asian to where it's, there's so many entrepreneurs in the Asian community where, where my uncle <laughs> had a, uh, an ATM company. My two uncles started this business called uh, Sun EPS, and it was electronic payment services. And they did everything from ATM machines to POS machines to what we now know as Venmo. Mm-hmm. Right. They were in that grind from the late 90s to the 2000s, early 2000s. And I was in that and, and I absorbed a lot and I understood how money moves. And money is a funny thing. Money's like water. If, it, if, if the tap stops, find another tap and open it up. Right. <laughs> so if you look at it that way. Right. Then you could be very creative in, in what we do. And, and I think that's you know, part and parcel of how Spotburger is still fluid and we can survive during these weird circumstances. But anyway, so that's where I was. I, I understood that business and I said, okay, I can do this gig. So as an entrepreneur, I started doing ATM. Uh, I, I did an ATM business and my target audience was salon, uh, nail salons. So the idea was, so these eight, these nail salon owners didn't like the fact that Women would pay them with credit cards because, again, the Asian community doesn't like credit cards. So they like cash. And when you tip on cash, which is the majority of the income for these nail salon artists or technicians, whatever you want to call them, right? Um, they're trying to 
cover their own ass, like anybody would, like a server would at a restaurant or a bartender would. You know, when you're dealing with a lot of cash as your 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 source of income, in this case, as a nail technician, um, they don't like you to put tips on credit cards. So um, they'd rather have cash. And this this is where I noticed, okay, we could put a, an ATM in there, and now everybody has cash, and it, it took off. Yeah. So that's yeah. Um, and then after that, fast forward, I was tired of it. I mean, we were making good money, but I was tired of it. It was just not giving back to anybody. I was so removed from just like people. Don't get me wrong. Um, making a lot of money is fun. <laughs> <laughs> but there's such a void. It's like, yeah, stupid. So we were watching the food, the great food truck race, my wife and I, and I'm commentating at the great food truck race as if I'm watching a sporting event. I'm like, this motherfucker, you should be doing this. What are you doing? You should be doing that. And my wife's like, well, if you know it better, why don't you do it? And I'm like, you know what? Fuck, I will. <laughs> Which I did. I tell this story often. It took 20 minutes on a computer, Windows PowerPoint, to come up with the logo spot burger, the menu of spot burger, as it was during the food truck days. Done within 20 minutes. It was one of those, um, you know, epiphany or like um, 10,000th hour sort of deals, right? Yeah. Boom. I get it. Done. You know, and, and, and um, you know, I've, I've been so content and resolved ever since. That's awesome. And, and things, things have been good, I mean, up until this whole situation. But it seems like things are still pretty good through this whole thing, yeah? They are, you know, and that's where the grace of God and the grace of um, what I've learned ha has um, carried me through. I mean, my situation was just bad fucking timing. We're chugging along going from a food truck to a brick and mortar. Food trucking is a grind, man. You ask yeah. any food truck, people look at them and say, oh, they're making $1,000 at the, 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 the carnival. They're, they're, no, no. There's costs. Uh, people have to understand how, how it is to run a business. First off, sweat labor in a food truck? Fuck, man. Five hours in a day in a food truck is like 12 hours a day at a restaurant. Trust yeah. me. Trust yeah. me. Okay? The grind is that much harder. So, you know, when I, when I did Spot Burger and we get into the brick-and-mortar situation, things were great. Right. I'm looking at the brand. I'm looking at what we're doing with the community. We're employing people. It's a fun time. It's like a perpetual party market. It really is. Yeah. Right. We have the opportunity to go bigger and better and to do even more. So here comes this situation where we go from a food truck to a brick and mortar, grinding it out with whatever resources we got. Business was tight. And then this opportunity uh, comes along and says, is, is a total turnkey. I mean, the property where we were going to get into was um, formerly known as the Eat Cafe, E-A-T Cafe, and it was on Drexel's campus. It was um, fitted out by Hal Properties, if I you know if I can shout that out. So Gary Jonas of Hal Properties, I had a good relationship with him back during the Drexel days because he used to frequent the truck. He said, "Josh, look, I have a great turnkey situation. Um, check it out." So I did. Mark, I mean, this thing is like built out institutional grade i mean from the basement um the basement is fitted out totally fitted out kitchen i mean these guys sound like a quarter million dollars in this place so i'm like I, I gotta take it so i put down my deposit i put you know paid for equipment i quickly did my exit you know letter to my landlord my landlord knew that Gerard avenue is a is a profitable avenue so we marketed it and uh, got a tenant immediately so here I am sitting, okay, I sign my exit lease, I'm out. I drop 80 grand into this other place, I'm about to tee off. Then the COVID-19 bullshit just drops. So you were, you, were, you were about to change locations just before this happened? Correct. Oh my gosh. And we were so stoked. I mean, we told everybody in the neighborhood that was psyched for us, I mean, it was uh, an opportunity that we could take Spotburger to the next level. I mean, did you mention Spotburger, the vibe, the energy with a bar? Mm. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be super awesome. I mean, I would be so creative with that to where, like, it wouldn't just be like your run-of-the-mill, like, you know, quick service, fast casual bar. It, it would be something dynamic. I mean, we were looking at great ideas here, right? Yeah. So that gets, that, that, that drops. I get, a, I get an email, like, three days before, you know, 
we're about to, you know, sign the lease and make everything happen. And it says, unfortunately, your credit line is suspended due to the ongoing COVID-19, et cetera. And then, of course, there's a point and click. And so I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So the credit line's frozen. I already, you know, sank capital. You know, legal documents were signed. It's sort of like getting ejected from, like, the space shuttle in the middle of outer space and, like, you're waiting for something else to, to, to catch on to, right? And you got nothing, right? Out in the universe, like, what? Fuck. Like, this is not, I'm thinking, like, this is not how Spotberg is supposed to go, you know? So what happens to your current lease then? Are you are you still there until the end of the next month or right. this right. month or what was it supposed right. to be? So, it, you know, it got to the point where, you know, my landlord knew he had a tenant. The tenant I, I've spoken to, and I, I, you know, they know the dilemma. And this is the silver lining of it all, right? Um, everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's fucked. From landlords to tenants to retailers to whatever, everyone's fucked. It's a gravy train that just, it's a centipede. You know, it just goes down. And that was the only silver lining comforting thing that I have had. So in that in that uh, sort of attitude, you know, I, I've contacted the land, my landlord, which I have a good relationship. Don't get me wrong. But I've talked to the um, the new tenant, the potential new tenant. And I said, you know, I, I told them what's up. I'm like, this is my situation. This is what's up. My landlord said, Josh, I'll do whatever, whatever you can. But you got to understand, we signed a notarized legal document. The tenant, his attitude was such where, hey, let's just wait and see what happens. And I respect that because, look, I am not going to discount his entrepreneurial drive or opportunity or to, 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 you know, to take care of his own. So I don't have anything negative to say about this new tenant that has the lease of Spotberg. I don't, I want to make that totally clear. This is not a circumstance where it's his fault or nor is it my credence to give him any blame for it. But what I'm saying is we've had this you know conversation. It's in total fucking limbo. We don't, you know, I don't know what the fuck's going to go on. They don't know what the fuck's going to go. You know, we're giving it to the end of April, you know, mm-hmm. so with my back against the wall, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll give it all away. Yeah. Wow. Give it all away. Because look, let's be real here. What the fuck am I going to do with a restaurant that will potentially not exist, right? What am I supposed to squander from it at this point? What is there to squander? Remember, there is no home for Spot Burger at this point. Oh my God. What am I going to squander? Do a GoFundMe? Like, help us. We're dying. Well, motherfucker, we don't even got a fucking home. <laughs> <laughs> right? Think about that, right? So I'm like in the fucking void of like nowhere. No lease, you know. No lease on any end, right? I, you know, I did. I, I got rid of one lease. I, I don't have another lease. I'm fucked. So that was the attitude. And, and so I, man, I had a hard time, man. I did. I lost a lot of sleep. I lost a lot of weight. I was angry. I was, uh, you know, I was just a fucking asshole for a long time, until I just said, you know what? Um, through my faith and through, you know, everything I, I, I you know, the principles, the the, the the few principles I hold on to through that. I found some resolution. I sound. I, I said, "Motherfucker, I'm Philly made. I'm Josh Kim. I'm going to make it." Spot Burger is Spot Burger. I'm the author of that. You know, it's going to die. It's going to die. But I'm not going to squander it. Yeah. Because just fucking move. <laughs> so, so, so the fuck away. I'm going to use the last breath I had to give it the fuck away, and I did. I gave it the fuck away. I started giving food around. What's so fucking weird is like people. Um, resonated with that. And that's the power of community. I made so many friends, guys. I made a lot of friends. Like now I'm making friends with you. I made so many friends and so loyal. Dude, I fucking love them, dude. Because at the end of the day, like I said, the world is cold and lonely without your neighbors. Your friends and family are always there. They always will be. But beyond that, that's lonely. Yeah. You need weird strangers in your life. You do. Why do you think I'm friends with Marcos? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's I think that's the only reason anybody is friends with me because I'm such a weirdo, a weird yeah. stranger. Yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, everyone's coping with this differently, and and especially in the restaurant industry, people are taking different approaches. But um, you know, I don't know if you've seen 
social media while you've been working to feed the neighborhood. But, um, you know, people have been doing tons of different things to cope with the isolation and the lack of community that you're talking about. And, mm-hmm. and I would just like to know, I don't know if you've seen anything, but I know Marcos is all over the social media. What, what's been your favorite uh, coping mechanism that you've seen, Marcos? Mine? Yeah, that you've seen on, online. Well, I think I'm getting sick of the bread baking posts. I will say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like the push-up posts because, hey, yeah. you know, yeah. yay fitness. Yeah. I'm surprised there isn't more dancing, but that's just because I'm a dancer myself. So. I mean, but aren't you on TikTok? Aren't they? Aren't they always dancing on TikTok? So I am not on TikTok, and I it's it's a weird thing because my kids love it, and like that's kind of where they've decided to live for a bit. They've been off it, but for a while they're like, that's what they're doing. Like actually tonight we were talking about doing the dance that's, I guess for the, the weekend song. So I like everyone's doing that. So we'll probably do it at some point, but I just, I don't like TikTok. I mean, I guess you a TikTok guy. No, man, I never got into it. It's weird. It's like, I don't get it. it. I I downloaded it once and I, I uninstalled it. I think like three days later. Yeah, I've never done it. It's it's beyond me. I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, I think, I I mean, I I stopped it. I couldn't even really figure out Snapchat, so. (laughs) Yeah, right. Same thing. I I got Snapchat. I still look at it. It was like all these, like, you know, people sending snaps. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like 40. I don't know. I think my favorite coping mechanism has been the obsession with uh, Tiger King. Yes. The the memes that have come from Tiger King have been awesome. I live for them. They're so great. (laughs) Speaking of weird strangers, right? I feel like I've made friends with those weirdos uh, and their criminal enterprise, right? It's been great. Well, that's what's unbelievable, right? Is this this, uh, Joe Exotic guy is absolutely a, like, he's a terrible person. He's a terrible human being. Horrible. Like, people love him because Carol Baskin is just that much worse. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and don't forget Jeff Lowe. He's bad, oh too. Oh, my God. Yeah. They're all awful. Like, these are yeah. awful, awful people. Like, whoever, like, stumbled upon that, bless them. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to um, – I actually tried to do – we're doing Skype with video, but I was trying just to make Marcos laugh to do the Jeff Lowe look and have the bandana with the hat over top of it. But my head's so <laughs> damn big anyway that I couldn't get a hat big enough to fit over top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> All this is, shit right now, it's so weird. It's like I'm watching Back to the Future Part 3 in HD, right? right. Yeah. We, we yeah, got Bid President. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? It is like Biff. I never thought of that. That's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> All right. One of the other things that I, I found really interesting about this is that now how normal it is to have these types of conversations and these types of meetings just on video and not only right. not only us like my kids are on zoom all day long with their teachers and their classmates and it's kind of like uh you know we're having breakfast and my daughter jumps up and says gotta go i have a nine o'clock i gave it nine o'clock right just like that just like that three everybody's on video we're gonna be microwaving like uh pills to eventually become like uh the mcdonald's happy meal Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I got to watch that. I'm going to go watch it tomorrow. <laughs> the only thing we're missing are actual real hoverboards, although we do have hoverboards. Right. But they're like, I want something that floats. Yeah, that would be nice. I'd, yeah, I'd like to be- just get back to like seeing people in person and handshakes and hugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think we're ever going to like so handshake good. again or ever like? I think the I handshake is dead. Yeah. I think the handshake is dead. I just I even like with like being near people like Chris Service dropped off some duck fries today. Shout out Chris Service. Yeah, and um, I, I like was like I got to stand five feet away from you. Like and that just it's weird. Sucks. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, Mark. So, so uh, likewise. So people come to spot and normally it's a handshake, you know, whatever gang, whatever. Right. Yeah. I can't do that. It's fucking weird like they give me they give me my they give me their elbow and i can't give i don't give them i can't give them my elbow so i give them a fist bump and it's just awkward yeah it's like what do we do right 
So I was thinking we should bring back the uh, the Bash Brothers forearm bash like they used to do, Mark McGuire and uh, Jose yeah. Seiko. That would have been nice. Second thing, I think we should all start wearing hats again and just tip the cap to each other. Yeah. You know yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I think that works well. It's you got, know what? It's got a flair to it. You know? Bring back hats. <laughs> yeah. See how big my forehead is. Generally speaking, though, I guess my question to you, Jim, and, and Josh is everybody doing okay? Where are we? Where are we in our in our in our uh, in our quarantine? Are we stir wow. crazy? Are we? I mean, you you're you're out and about, Josh. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty much homebound, and you yeah. Jim, you were working from home prior to this. So yeah, I, I, this is like normal for me working from home. What's not normal is having my kids around all day long. Right. Um, but what's surprising to me about this whole thing is that they're like super busy at school. Uh, they're they're doing their schoolwork right as if they were in school, and I I don't remember grade school being that busy right. I feel like yeah. I was yeah. done with my homework by like three o'clock and I was outside the neighborhood playing right. And these kids are like doing homework till five thirty six o'clock and they're in fifth grade second grade. It's nuts. Wow. Um, so that's that's something that's really surprising me. But I've been I work for a company that's considered essential services and and I am pretty much working like nonstop every day. Uh, but in, in the house, like I'm not in danger, but a lot of people that work for us are. So I, I just, I find it fascinating how people are like sacrificing their time and their health, basically uh, risking themselves to, to make sure that, that other people are safe and that somehow we pull through this whole thing. It's nuts out there, man. And I feel you, Jim, I'm fortunate to be out there, like going to work and I, I look at my wife. My wife's demeanor's, you know, very off these days. You know, not so much where anybody would notice but me. And um, it's tough. I mean, it's um, it, it, what's weird is somebody mentioned this to me the other day. He's like, "You think this is tough? Imagine being in prison for a year." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's so deep. I'm like, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, you know, like what I often tell people. And of course, this is so easy for me to say because I'm out and about, not out and about, but working, right? It's so easy for me to say. But however, we have to look at um, the other side of the coin, the, the positive side of the coin, right? You know, there are, you know, my wife and my children and me have never bonded so fucking hardcore like we have in the past couple of weeks, like hardcore, you know, sharing stuff with them and taking those moments together, um, you know, to make the best of it. And it's like Little House on the Prairies. I don't know. Are you guys like 40, 46 like me? Do you guys remember Little House on the Prairies? I remember Little House on the Prairie. I do. Michael not quite Landon. that old, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frontiers. Yeah. Frontiers. Yeah. Frontiers, Michael Landon. Right. Yeah, Michael Landon. Frontier, right. Frontier shit. And it's like, <laughs> you know. It, Frontier shit. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> You know, it is kind of like there's that. There's a weird like bond gotta, with that, right? Yeah. Like I taught my daughter a couple couple seasons ago how to chop wood, and uh, it's so cute. She has a hatchet, and she's like so meager, and she's trying to chop like a like a like a little like log. You know, she ended up doing it, but it, you know, she wanted to do it because her brothers were doing it. But yeah. little things like that, it's like you know, you know, frontier shit. You know, other than that, you know, after you get bored of the frontier shit. You kind of got to adapt, right? And mm-hmm. and this, you know, this skyping situation, for example, is so therapeutic, you know. Yeah. And it all comes down to the point where let's when we get out of this fucking hellhole, stupid shit that we got ourselves into, let's not forget our neighbors. Yeah, friends are our friends. They will always be there, and we can connect like we are with Skype. But that perfect stranger. You know that um, is our neighbor. Let's know them too, because it's 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 lonely without those guys. You know, it really is lonely without those guys. Yeah, that's that's a very that's a very good point. Um, and I think so, those those are probably the people that that kind of need it most, even like in a situation like this, right? Where you would, I guess, hopefully, what comes out of this is that you do kind of take the time to, to be a little bit more mindful, right? Acknowledge the stranger 
I, I, I'm actually very fearful of the opposite happening, though, where yeah. people are like, I, I don't know you. Do you have coronavirus? Get out of my face. We're all going to have little uh, forehead uh, temperature thermometer things. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, before we talk, I'm going to take your temperature with a prod. Uh, <laughs> but there's, there is crazy paranoia around this, too. There is. There is. Like, here's the thing. Like, when you look at the history of, like, you know, world crises, war, calamity, pandemics, all this crazy shit, when you look at the history of it, there's not too much of it, right? But if you if, if you delve yourself into it, right, you always find that there is the ugliest of man, right, and the most righteous of man. Two always emerge somehow, right? They always do. And that is what's happening now. In today's society, we may not be raping and pillaging Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania, but we sure the hell are taking pallets of toilet paper at a Costco in Plymouth, me. Yes. I was going to say, you haven't right? gone to the uh, giant in Flower Town. <laughs> right. It was like a post-apocalyptic, no, right. a world where there are no chickens and no eggs and it's no toilet paper. Re- <laughs> and I, I, I said this on Instagram once, and I'm like, we actually, I actually did the math. I'm like, dude, you, you're taking, you're actually taking 16 shits a day, family of four, <laughs> taking three mega rolls of toilet paper for three months. Think about that. Three mega rolls of toilet papers, which is 48 rolls of toilet papers, Charmin, Charmin sheets of toilet papers, averaging eight sheets per wipe, right? You got three of those mega packs, family of four, three months, that's 16 shits a day. You're an asshole. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So one, one thing I read was that actually so many people take shits at work that it's it's and people are working from home that that's that's where the panic came from is that is that true <laughs> yeah <laughs> people are giving themselves too much credit on how many shits they take a day maybe they have the nervous poos that they're doing ideally, ideally you should be taking two shits a day but let's be honest here you know friends that don't take a shit for an entire fucking day okay so yeah. don't get the shit twisted I mean, right? I'm a one a day guy. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I, I get up, I, I have a cup of coffee, I go about my business, maybe do the crossword, and then and then I'm done. And then I'm good. Right? And then I'm good. Yeah, it's it's a rarity that well, you know, maybe if after a heavy night of drinking and eating, maybe I'll be like a, a two a day. Yeah. Three a day is rare. But like one a day. Three days of illness, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I keep myself clean, but I mean, I'm not using a whole goddamn roll of toilet paper to wipe my ass. All right. So we do, we do so, some bits on here, typically on dad drinking. Before it becomes dad pooping yes. uh, podcast, we do a couple bits, Josh, uh, typically in lighter times where we talk about the best thing you drank since the last time we spoke, right? We also, we also do a different bit we'll get to in a little bit. In honor of the quarantine, what's the best thing you've, you've had to drink in quarantine? And I guess, Marcos, you go first, and then we'll get to Josh. So, yes, wow. yeah. so I had... I'm, I'm ineligible. I had, are, yeah. <laughs> I had an amazing cup of coffee the other day. Yeah. French press? <laughs> yeah. I had a beer from Toppling Goliath called Sun Reaper okay. that hit just right last night. It was amazing. It's a double IPA. I've also been getting delivery from Forest and Main Brewing. That's um, what I'm going to do on Friday. Not this coming Friday, but the next. I'm yeah. So they just released an Imperial Stout called Gmork, which pours Excuse like me. motor oil. It's 10.5%. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, what type of beer is it? A stout? It's imperial stout. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I gotta, I gotta give it to the to the Sun Reaper. That was that was just really tasty last night. What's so, the uh, what were the tasting notes? It tasted like a glass of orange juice. I mean, I, my my. I pal- love that. It's like Cloudwalker. <laughs> Cloudwalker tastes like a good like orangina. Yeah, like a spoiled orangina. That's a victory, right? Yeah, victory. Yeah, it tastes like a. Old Orangina. It's <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your answer? Have you been before the whole COVID hit? Were you uh, were you sampling cocktails for for the new Spot Burger? Were you sampling beers to put on tap? What were you doing? Yes and no. Actually, more no. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the drinks: Crown Royale, cold, no rocks, just neat. 
Very delicious. And I'm not a Canadian whiskey guy because, A, Canadians are weird other than lacrosse and hockey. (laughs) And I don't like their whiskey. But Hank's Ginger Root Beer. Yeah. Hank's Ginger Root Beer. It's fucking fantastic. Wait, there's a ginger. Oh, yeah. I know Hank's, actually. You know, we met the Hank's guy, right? Yeah, the Hank's guys are, uh, are are old friends. Uh, yeah, but I didn't so know they had Hanks, a ginger root beer. Now that's good. Well, it, it's a ginger. It, no, I'm sorry, not ginger root beer. I had too many drinks. It's a ginger beer, <laughs> but it, it's, it's a um, it's one. It's actually very palatable and um, smooth. It's not so gingery, right? Okay, yeah, it's gingery enough to call it a ginger beer, and it's gingerly delicious. That's good, <laughs> and they're local too, which is good. Supporting them instead Which of those Canadians. Which is great. Guy, because little side, little side note. Okay, little little little, little throwback uh, promotion for Hanks. Hanks root beer outsells Coca Cola at Spot Burger three to one. Wow! Holy moly! Three to one. That's amazing. That's fucking great. Little <laughs> shout out to Hanks root beer. Diet Coke or just the straight regular Coke? All day. So wow. we we only do. I'm a weirdo when it comes to like purities and principles, so I don't like to do high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup or anything. So all the sodas I got are like sugar. So we yeah. do Coca Cola glass bottle, Mexican Coke, um, and everything else in there is you know cane based, not corn syrup gotcha, based. Gotcha, anyway, gotcha, gotcha. of the selection we have, and there's a plethora of, of a selection. Hanks root beer, three to one over Coke. Wow, that's amazing. That's good for them. I like Philly. It. <laughs> That's, That's funny. So, so when you when you prepare your uh, your crown royals, uh, do you stir and and then strain, or do you shake? What are you doing? How do you get in the cold? I'm not. Yeah, so um, I do just a um, a cold um, shot glass okay. freezer, right? Then I take the cold frozen shot glass, I pour water in it, I throw yeah. it out, and then I pour the whiskey into it. Okay. Just that extra little bit of 3.2 molar worth of water actually yeah. helps bloom, yeah. bloom the whiskey, as they right. say. So the other, the other thing we do is we typically focus on one drink or the guest promotes a drink, and we ask what kind of dad would drink that particular drink, right? That's our other bit. doesn't really seem like it fits here, but I'll put it to you guys anyway. What, what type of drink does a quarantine dad drink? What's the, the, the standard drink for a dad that's in quarantine and has the kids at home all day? The quarantine dad is, is basically drinking anything he can get his hands on. Because, yeah. <laughs> because dealing with children and being locked away in your house 24-7, is, it's wonderful. It is. And I'm, I actually, I, I got to say, just to, to your point, Josh, uh, I, I really am enjoying the Little House on the Prairie Times uh, <laughs> with a little bit of technology peppered in. But no, I mean, it's it's great. Like, I feel like I'm getting one on one time with each kid. You know, they've been somewhat helpful with things. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, five o'clock shows up or noon or whatever. <laughs> I'm just I'm ready to have a drink, whatever it is. <laughs> so I think my my experience has not been so much Little House on the Prairie, but it's more like the prison experience that Josh referenced earlier. <laughs> not a, not a bad way. Like I taught my kids how to play cards. Like we were playing poker uh, for pennies, uh, but we you know we run around in the yard. We've uh, we've been doing we've been doing some prison body work. You know what I mean? Like doing push-ups, uh, sprints back and forth in the driveway, that kind of thing. Have you so, told them how to fashion a shiv yet? Not yet, not yet. But they're making uh, the, the boys have been making swords out of uh, cardboard boxes with hilts, which I thought were cool. They cut oh. a hilt and put it through, and they're whacking each other with them. It's been nice. It's been a, a lot of ingenuity. And my mom has been really great. She sent. She keeps sending art supplies through Amazon, so these kids are producing art like nonstop. Oh, that's In great. Fact, I don't know. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so it's been Jim, cool. Man, I get the. Like you come from like an artistic background, man. Like your your mom is like happy and shit. She's she's uh she's pretty artistic. My dad is pretty artistic. My in laws are pretty yeah, artistic. So they're uh, yeah. yeah yeah Lincoln logs all day. Lincoln logs and Legos, right? Yep, we have tons of Legos up there. In fact, there's a show, a reality TV show, which I want to talk about a little bit. Of reality TV next, Josh. But there's a reality TV show called Lego Masters that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, man. Uh, that their kids I are know really it. No, trust me, I know it. You watching so, it? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Now, so as far as the dad drinks go, 
I think it all depends on like, I guess the age of the dad. So I'm like, we're in our forties, right? So I guess it would be either a like warm Manhattan with no ice. That would be (laughs) you got a warm Manhattan, no ice, right? You don't got a maraschino cherry to go with. You're just like fucking drinking whatever. Yeah. Or you know a good a good single malt scotch with a nice block of ice. Not not anything fancy. Uh-oh. A big like cube. It would you know this question would be better presented if we we're back in January and I could bring like a big like chunk of ice from like the shingles from the garage and put it in my my car with some fucking ice. <laughs> I think I'm gonna make a drink when this is all over with uh Kinkina. You know, like a Barolo Canado with a Kinkina bark type thing. Maybe I'll make a little Amaro. Kinkina, Quarantina, Kinkina, you know. The Quarantina, Quarantina. Yeah. I like I think that's what I'll do. Josh, we also do a thing called Fast Casual where we ask just a series of hard-hitting questions. I'm just going to answer it very wow. quickly. Keep it yeah. real. Let's do it. All right. So um, you participated on a Food Network reality show, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah called Rewrapped. And uh, right. the host of that is Joey Fatone. Oh, yeah, right. that one, yeah. That one. <laughs> Joey Fatone from NSYNC, probably the lead, isn't it? He's from NSYNC, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. he's yeah. Like one of the one least famous fans. guys from NSYNC, but he's had a pretty good and career. Big Patrick Wedding. That's right. Actually, he was in that. Dancing right. with the Stars. I think he pivoted pretty well, but he's still Joey Fatone. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, he's not Justin Timberlake, but I guess he's not Lance Bass either, right? I guess Lance or Bass. Or the other guy. Yeah, who's the other guy? I don't even know the other guy. <laughs> oh, I know. Chris Kirkpatrick. And there's all, well, there's also Jason wow. Apparently, Jason we know Chavez. all of the members. Chris Kirkpatrick is, uh, you know, I know that because he's in that Eminem song that was on repeat for that one summer. Uh, he's, he's talking about <laughs> kicking Chris Kirkpatrick's, what have you said that guy's name, his ass, which is uh, pretty funny. Eminem's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the funny thing about that show, when I was looking up this, I was doing some research on Josh and the rewrapped show. I didn't realize that Mark Summers was a judge. Yeah. Right? So, so here's your first fast casual. Then, well, it's, it's four of them. All right. Uh, and the answer can either be Summers or it could be Fatone. All right. Okay. In your estimation, who's better at cooking? Summers. Summers. Okay. Yeah. Who would win in a fist fight? Fatone. Wow. Really? Who's the better breakdancer? Fatone. Who would win in a breakdance fight? Wow, that's a toss-up. <laughs> I would say Summers because he's got like a lot of like OCD energy. Okay. Uh, here's your next fast casual. Double Dare or Family Double Dare? Double Dare. Better. Double Dare? You didn't like the family yeah. one? You didn't have uh, a- yeah, but you know, there was a moment. I, I, there was one episode that was totally scripted. And it was like, it, it, it hit me the wrong way. I'm like, this is bullshit. So I stopped, like, like I had no credence with it anymore. It was weird. With a family one? Really? Yeah. I kind of yeah. always thought, I always thought it was funny that, that the parents would get slimed every episode regardless. And that yeah, was probably the scripting that you're talking there's, about. There's this one episode where it was like, oh, this was totally fucking staged. And it just, like, sucked the life out of me. Like, you're nothing but a big fat phony. <laughs> and that's when you took up drinking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you also have, you also have um, in, or you had, well, I guess you still have it in spot burger. And I don't know if it's going with you to the new one. Let's hope it does, but there's a big painting that's one half Tupac and one half Biggie. Which side of that painting do you more uh, identify with? Uh, probably Tupac. Really? Yeah. It's weird. You just have hit him up going on in your head the entire time? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> music. That's right. Yeah, that's kind of Philly. That's a Philly attitude, even though it's a West Coast rapper. How about you, Marcos? Which one are you? I'm definitely Tupac. Yeah, me too, actually. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, this is, a, this is a lukewarm take here, but I, I'm okay with Biggie, but yeah. Biggie's not like – you know, on my hip hop Mount Rushmore, he's he's not on them now. He's looking through the little the goggles that you look up at the at the Rushmore. Yeah, he's down below with yeah. the crowd. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. That's but again, that's just me. So so Josh, what's what's better, your burger or your cheesesteak? Wow, wow, fuck, dude, that's fucking hard. 
Don't say both. You can, I mean, you can say both, but if you had to choose one to eat, is there one you could go to a majority of the time? Wow, you just like um, I got to hit reboot and like. Um, and yeah. I was, like asking you which one of your kids you like better. That's Sorry. frozen, bro. Yeah, that's like um, that's total blue screen on my Windows ninety eight. Like, <laughs> wow. I would say um, which one's better? Wow, that's fucking crazy, bro. <clears throat> I don't know. That's that's. I can't answer that. Okay. Well, I can. Marcus, that's what would crazy. you say? I, I mean, I, I love, I got a real special place in my heart for that cheesesteak. Yeah. That cheesesteak was a real, real life changer for me. First time I had it. And every That's time subsequently. But the burgers are, are really damn good. So. So, Jim, let me explain to you why I'm like in awe and I'm choked up. Because you got to understand, when I was 14 years old, I learned how to butcher fucking meat from, wow. from Esposito's when my mom owned a deli shop on 9th Street. Right. And um, long story short, I had this appreciation of slaughtering animals. And I know the vegans will be all fucking freaked out about that, but I'm not about. They don't listen to the show, I don't think. When when it comes to like, you know, understanding the food supply and and who we are, I I appreciated that. So when I opened up Spot Burger, I understood like, look, I'm not going to buy ground beef because I don't know what they did with that beef. So I'm going to grind my own beef because I know what I'm going to do with it. Same with the cheesesteak. So, you know, if my, my hand is not on it and I don't do it myself, I don't feel good about it when I eat it, right? Mm-hmm. Chalk this up is weird, but so when we do our burgers, we do it, you know, we, we, we get subprimals and I got people trained to, to, to butcher that down and to render it down, to process it to a burger patty. Same thing with the cheesesteak. We get the loins of, uh, of the ribeye and we, we carve out the bone and we, we take off the fat cap and we, we, we trim it and we slice it and we serve it. So, so when you say to me, like, or no, I'm sorry, when you ask me, like, oh, which is better, it's so fucking hard. That's so hard. And it's, I know it's not like, like, you know, James Beard worthy, like, oh, wow, he's just, no, but it is because at the end of the day, if you don't have the attitude of respecting the ingredient first, you have to inspect it. You have to appreciate that ingredient first. Well, then all you're doing is stuffing your face with shit, right? So if you can, if you can appreciate where it came from, render it yourself, then you have a broader appreciation of not only what you're eating or how the fuck you're eating, right? Which is why I eat burgers all day and I'm, 46 years old, I'm in the best shape of my fucking life because of my fucking attitude on what I eat. So when you ask me that question, it's so hard for me to say which is better. That's why. It's so That's hard. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a I mean, no, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't pick amongst my children either. That, that's, um, that's a great way to put it, Jim. You know. <laughs> well, um, I, I like that. Uh, do you have any more fast casuals, Mr. Cosgrove? I, I do. I do. I do. Uh, who do you think is more loathsome, Jeff Lowe or Carol Baskin? Carol Baskin. Agreed. Sorry. Yeah, yeah fed her to tigers. So in in an effort to obviously, you know, hope that people will listen to this, we usually yeah. limit this to a couple more minutes. So I could I could honestly talk the rest of the evening. This has been great. Josh, thanks so much for, for swinging by, I guess, virtually. Yeah. And thank cool. you so so much for what you're doing for the community i loved to hear kind of the the backstory there and obviously i know i mean you're you're gonna come out of this um i think way on top way on top which is great so can you just tell our listeners one more time where they can find you um and uh you know your social handles uh spot burgers the address things like that obviously we'll get it in the uh, in the show notes as well Right, right, right. So uh, the restaurant is at 2821 West Gerard Avenue. Um, Spotburgers.com. And the handles for all social media media is Spotburgers. Excellent. Perfect. And you can order online right now and you're doing delivery, correct? We're doing delivery and pickup. And... um, uh, industry people, people that just need just um, 
you know, you know, something to eat and hang out. Look, we're a fun bunch of people. Yeah. People have work. People. The reason why I hate this situation more so is because people can't hang out and just chill at the restaurant. It's weird just giving people food. It's like weird, like back to the future weird. Like, hey, here's your food. Sayonara. Fuck you. Like, no, I want you to hang out, man. Like, it's weird. It's weird. I can't. Like, I don't want to be the cafeteria guy. I don't yeah. want to be the guy in the fifth element in the hovering fucking Chinese takeout, giving takeout to Bruce Willis while he smokes his half cigarette. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I want to be the guy where you come and hang out with me. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I, I want to be the guy that hangs out with you, Josh. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Not over cameras, though. Yeah. So. Right. When this whole thing is over, we'll have to we'll have to come down. I'll 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 introduce Jim to the best cheesesteak in Philadelphia. I'd love to I'd love to taste it. And oh, there's too. a rave party happening when the pandemic ends. Okay. And uh, stay tuned, but we're organizing some rave party. Just trust me, it's going to happen. But okay. <laughs> you know, we, do we, attend. It's going to happen. <laughs> do attend. All right. Well, that will uh, wrap up this very special COVID-19 episode of Dad Drinking. You can follow us at Dad Drinking on all social channels. Uh, you can try and follow Jim at JF Cosgrove 9 You can follow me at Fidel Gastro. Um, this will stream on all of your major podcast platforms now, including Spotify. And... Uh, we never introduced our sponsor, Side Project Jerky, but we'd like to give them a shout-out. They're running a free shipping deal right now, and uh, also every dollar from every package sold uh, is going to go to help out the restaurant industry. Anything else, guys? Thank you so much again, Josh. This was fucking awesome. Cheers, man. Love you, man. All right. Talk to you soon. Keep on keeping on, dude. We'll see you real soon. Peace.